you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, we had a double dose of Monday Night Games. Find out which players impressed our experts the most in the Ravens Saints and Bills Jets matchups. Plus, the playoffs are just around the corner. So grabbing the right player off waivers couldn't be more crucial. Let's find out who Michael Fabiano says you got to target this week. And Thanksgiving is just a couple days away. Which quarterback can you trust most on Turkey Day? We'll answer all your burning questions for Week 13. NFL Fantasy Live starts now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Matt Money Smith here with the uh, the Hoff, Michael Fabiano, and I don't even know how to introduce Akbar Bajemi at this name. particular moment. The singing ninja. You can always tweet the show at NFL Fantasy. That's one word, guys. It's Tuesday. It is playoff it is. push, make or break for a lot of teams going into this week's games. And remember, they start on Thanksgiving. So, how about top waiver wire target, an impact player that might be available out there to put somebody over the hump? Isaiah Crowell mm. is the first name that comes to mind because not only is he the number one running back in Cleveland right now, he's also producing in the stat sheets, putting up very good numbers, 88 yards, two touchdowns, over 20 fantasy points last week against Atlanta. He has seven rushing touchdowns this year. That tops all rookie running backs. And Ben Tate's no longer in the mix. I know Terrence West is there, but... Crowell's been the guy for Cleveland, and money they run the ball a lot. They that's sure all, do. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but I'll tell you the guy who I'm so high on right now, and that's Jarvis Landry. He is the man right now in Miami. Did you try to rhyme dandy and Landry? No, I did not. Because if really you did, did well, that's terrible. No, I didn't that's try. Terrible. I didn't want to do that. Okay. No, what I wanted to Whatever. say is how great he is, and he's been in this offense for Ryan Tannehill. Now they're going up against the New York Jets. You know that Ryan Tannehill is going to try to move the ball with the short game utilizing him in those short intermediate routes. He's been dominating in that space, that midfield, that that in the seam area. I tell you right now, go to Jarvis Landry, pick him up. He's going to help you win and get you to the playoffs. 
and keep you pushing. And I'll tell you the thing about Landry that uh, that I noticed in that game is that? Ryan Tanhill. You didn't really see it in the highlight there. He is throwing darts right now. I mean, yeah. his passes are on a rope, and Landry is snatching those balls out of the air. You know and I've got to believe Zach Mettenberger had Landry yeah. and Odell Beckham, Beckham and Jeremy. Right. And what is and what is Mettenberger have? He's got a That's huge unreal. arm. Yeah. You know, so you wonder why those guys have such strong hands, Beckham and Landry. And hey man, in the red zone, that's what it's all Ooh. about. So look, waiver wire targets there. We got more coming later in the show. First though, let's throw it over to Marcus Grant and Adam Rank. Thank you, Money. We are here as always. We're getting you caught up with all the latest news and notes from around the NFL. We'll start in D.C. On Monday, Redskins head coach Jake Gruden told the media that he has every intent to start Robert Griffin III in Week 13 against the Colts. RG3 had just 106 passing yards in the team's loss Sunday against the 49ers, and Washington has scored only 20 points in the last eight quarters. So, Rank, at this point, can you trust starting anybody in this offense other than Alfred now, Freddie Morris is the only guy I would trust on this team. Deshaun Jackson was somebody we had a lot of high hopes for, but has not produced over the last couple of weeks. The big thing is they got the Colts this week. So if you're going to the waiver wire and you're trying to pick up the Dolphins for this week, if you don't get them and you have to stick with the Colts, it's not a terrible situation because they got this, this, this uh, Washington team coming up this week. Should get a lot of sacks like they did right there. Get some turnovers, too. So there's a lot of opportunities. So stick with the Colts. You're doing pretty well. The good news about Freddie Morris is that they actually let him get in the end zone this week. That was very nice. That was very nice. That was very cool. Like, like that, you know, that's all we asked for. We're in the spirit once of in the a season. While, once in a while. Absolutely. Just, just hook him up. Cardinals receiver Larry Fitzgerald issued or missed Sunday's game, rather, due to an MCL sprain. Fitzgerald's knee is recovering slower than the Cardinals had hoped. After Sunday's game, Coach Bruce Arian said that Fitz couldn't run during pregame warm-ups. What should Fitzgerald owners do in this situation? Well, you just continue to keep him on the bench. He's not somebody I would let go to the waiver wire because there's probably going to be a couple of matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks where you could use him. He's too much of an elite talent to really get rid of, so it's just one of those things that you have to wait out. And really, as Stanton's starting to really you know, get his feet underneath him, it's probably for the best that you're not tempted to play him. So it's like, you know what, they're taking the decision out of your hands, which I, you know, to be honest, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah just make it easy, like, make yeah, it easy make on it, Make it easy just on it. me. It's just take him out, then I don't have to worry about it. That's all we ask. The Denver Post is reporting that Broncos tight end Julius Thomas could return this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Thomas missed last Sunday's game due to a severely sprained left ankle, but told the media Monday that his ankle has improved. So the Broncos-Chiefs game is a Sunday nighter, so rank is it worth Maybe hanging on to Jacob Tammy just in case. Yeah, you really got to because it's one of those situations where you don't want to be going into Sunday night and then finding out that he's a surprise inactive or something like that. And you're like, what do I do now? Because there's not a lot of options. You don't want to start Jason Morrow on Monday night. That would be the worst. That would be the worst <laughs> possible situation. You're like, you know, I'd rather just take a zero but the, than the, start. Because you could probably get negative points. But the Jets were so good on off it. What? Maybe not. No, anyway. not so much. For more so, now, we will throw it back to Money and the Guys. All right. Thank you, Marcus. Here we go. Quarterback showdown on Monday Night Football. Ravens taking on the Those Saints. Flacco. <laughs> Breeze. First quarter, Saints going for it on fourth and goal. And uh, Mark Ingram owners stuck for a two-yard loss. Just four fantasy points. But to the Ravens' side, first possession, Flacco, Steve Smith. What a nice grab. Hand. What like a the touchdown. Smith. That's oh, right. The earlier Steve Smith. He's been struggling a little bit, too. Uh, seven yeah, and a half oh, points. Come on, man. There. You can't do 
What was the name of that dance again? Second and goal on the 10. Jimmy Graham from Breeze. Easy touchdown. All tied up at 7. Let's go later in the second here. Again, it is the Ravens. And, well, you're going to be hearing a whole lot of this name. has he been? Justin Forsett. That's why I'm happy that I traded for him. Very good. I'm going to just kind of gloss over that comment. (laughs) Point out that uh, Forsett is just getting it going. Saints driving here. Breeze throws behind Jimmy Graham, and it's intercepted by Will Hill. A yeah, he whole lot better more not do the Tootsie Roll from uh, from Breeze this year. Was that the Tootsie Roll? No, I don't know what that. What was that? Yeah, that was the was the you know what this is? Yeah, this, this is, is more scoring set. fantasy points. Twenty-yard touchdown. 182 yards, two scores for four set. Saints now trying a comeback with under a minute. Breeze to Graham. 100% ownership, 100% start. So that is a big one for your that fantasy teams. In my, in, in the players' way, I like that last minute touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, fantasy-wise, a whole lot going on, as you'll see right here. The Lots Saints at four and seven, not quite in the driver's seat, but they're kind of. It's like a bench seat in the front seat of that car with the Falcons at four and seven as well. Breeze gets you twenty-eight, big-time evening. Flacco, not so much. It was Justin Forsett, as you see it reset because it was so upset with me pointing out that Flacco <laughs> had less than fourteen, as I suggested he could be a deep waiver pickup for you this week. So let's start with those Ravens. Justin Forsett is the big story in this one. 182 rushing yards, two touchdowns, the top scoring back in fantasy this week with thirty-one points. Akbar, what did you think of his performance? Well, I'll I, I tell you what I thought. It was great. It was superb. And it was the biggest reason why I wasn't afraid to give up a guy like uh, Calvin Johnson to get a guy like Justin Forsett. You know, I'm a guy that can relate to guys who have gone through the journey. As a journeyman myself in the NFL, I know what it means to just try to find that opportunity. And he found one, a guy in a team that believed him. Now there were a bunch of circumstances that had to happen in order for Forsett to see the day of light. But once he got that opportunity, he's shown up. And he's not just a trend He's not like a guy that just had a couple of big games and he disappeared. He's giving you straight production, 100-plus yards in two straight games, and he's giving you big points ever since. So when I look at the last couple of weeks, he's gotten way more points yeah. than a guy like Calvin Johnson. 54 my point, my in the point, last two games. And my point here is that don't be afraid of letting go of the big-name yeah. guys for a guy who's And it was the first time like you had ever made a trade in yep. our Fantasy Live League, and it has worked out for you, Akbar. After a stretch of four bad games, Steve Smith finished the night with 89 yards and a touchdown. So how about going forward, Fabs? Do you trust Smith as a start? No. You I, don't? I think he's more of a, he a matchup-based starter. Do I get fantasy points for that? <laughs> no. Because if not, it <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Because Steve Smith, as you mentioned, I mean, he has struggled over the last several weeks. In fact, this was his first game with double-digit fantasy points since week six. It's a long time. Torrey Smith is seeing more targets in this offense. He also had a good game. Smith is still, to me, a number three wide receiver, a flex starter, a guy that you're using when the matchup is favorable. Um, Let's go to that other Smith, Fabs, because like you mentioned, a lot of times we're thinking about that ceiling, and Steve Smith certainly has a high ceiling, but the floor for Torrey Smith has not only been flex-worthy, you could argue wide receiver two-worthy, as in he's a start every single week. After missing that game with Cincinnati, if you take that one out of the mix, how about 17 versus Tampa, 14 versus Atlanta, 12 versus Pittsburgh, 13 versus Tennessee, and 10 here tonight, that is a wide receiver two moving forward and you look at they're playing the Chargers that secondary is decimated if it's playoffs or bust I say Torrey Smith is a start this week right now Torrey Smith is the better Smith despite the fact that Steve had more points this week as you just mentioned we're talking about consistent production 
from Torrey Smith over the last five or six weeks. Yeah. I, I think the point here, too, is don't don't jump to the, an assumption too soon early in the season. I think once the team now has kind of developed the rhythm now, you see that Torrey Smith really is a part of this offense. But earlier, we all thought that Torrey Smith was yeah. out of his offense. Well, but, in fact, he is. I'll tell you what it He's is, Akbar. It. It's the old uh, one hand washes the other. Yeah. I mean, that's what they like to do. It's play action passes with Gary Kubiak yep. in that zone running game in, in Baltimore. Now that Forsett has emerged, that's what's going on. Torrey Smith is you able to, to run those routes run. downfield. You have to respect the run. Exactly. You can see them committing to it. To the other side of the ball, Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham had nice fantasy games, but the thing that stuck out was that Saints run game. Mark Ingram, just 11 carries for 27 yards. Pierre Thomas, five rushes for 19. Are we concerned about a running back by committee again after it looked oh, like it was Ingram so to carry? irritating to me. Just play one running back. We saw Mark Ingram do so well when he had the majority of the carries. Not happening. Well, remember, this was a game where the Saints were trying to come back. That's too. So, I'm not so worried. Uh, I am a little bit worried about the fact that Ingram has had his fantasy points decrease in three straight games. But he's playing the Steelers coming up. The Steelers' defense has not been good against the run this year. Very unreliable. So, I'm sticking with Mark Ingram. I don't see this as a true committee where we're talking 50-50 split uh, like they have in Cleveland right now. I still say he's going to see the majority of the carries. Did you see how many Here's rushes cool. he had, though? He had yeah. 13 rushes. Because well, they fell behind. But they yeah, fell behind. And they started so running running the I, I get that, but I think you need to early. You need to put that ball in Mark Ingram's hand, get that ball moving if you're going to want to see fantasy points. And we're not going to see the yeah. same well, thing. The good Herber, news was he got the goal line carries. He just yeah. missed and, and they, scoring they, a touchdown. Yeah. So, and that would have given him 10 points all as well. Yay, and Mark Ingram. Yeah. The bigger uh, conversation, I think, because I feel like you're right, Fabs, that, that everyone's going to be starting Mark Ingram. Marcus Colston, though, believe it or not, he's only being started in like 11% of NFL.com leagues. But since Brandon Cooks has gone down, are you comfortable with him moving forward? As a three, yes. Uh, he's not going to be a number one or a number two like he was earlier in his career with the Saints. And, of course, it's great to have a guy like Drew Brees throwing you the football. But this is his first game with double-digit points since week seven. And, Money, as you mentioned, it's no coincidence that it's the first game without Brandon Cooks. So, is he more reliable? I think he should be. He'll see more targets. Not should be. He will be. And I'm, and, but am I starting him as more than my three or a flex? No. I still think he is a guy who is outside of the top 20 wide receivers every week. But that's still flex start. I can make the argument that he should be a flex. And the reason why is because what you saw what you, we saw what Kenny Stills did opposite of him. So when you look at you have two guys who are, you know, look, Kenny Stills was being targeted a ton. And he was getting a lot of production. Didn't find his way into the end zone. But if he did, all of a sudden everybody's screaming Kenny Stills. So you get two guys who were able to do what they did against the Baltimore Ravens, that makes Marcus Colson that much better. Now, He's not someone, as fast as he used to be. I had someone tweet me, uh, Stills or Colston, and my reasoning was chips are down for the Saints. Colston, there's that trust factor between Breeze and Colston. They've got to, you know, I mean, you've got to try to get this probably 8-8 eight and eight to win that division. I just find Breeze going to Jimmy Graham, Marcus Colston down the stretcher. That's why I would favor him, and I, I do think I'd make him a flex moving forward because their schedule is so favorable. Yes, exactly. All right, so much uh, for being rusty. Josh Gordon made an immediate impact for fantasy fans. I can feel your smile coming in my direction. Oh, I love it. Coming up, we take a look at where his targets rank in Marcus Grant's fantasy breakdown. But up next, we asked you and you answered. Let's see which players fantasy fans say made the biggest impact for their teams over the weekend. NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Time now for Game Changers, presented by Bose. This season, we look for your help to decide which performances make the biggest impact for your fantasy teams. You tweet us using the hashtag Game Changers, and we just may feature your tweet on an episode of NFL Fantasy Live. We're about to do that right now for some lucky fans. Right, let's get to it. Fabs, here we go. Let's honor someone who had a big week because of... 
Tony Romo. Tony Romo has been fantastic. If you look at his numbers, 20-plus fantasy points in three of his last four games. Remember when the sky was falling in Dallas when he got injured in that Redskins game? Well, he's been pretty good for a guy with a couple of broken bones in his back. I can tell you that right now. And I would start him this week on Turkey Day against the Eagles in what should be a high-scoring game, Money. We've been telling people for weeks, trade for Romo. The schedule's really good down the stretch. So far, so good. A couple hey, Packer fans, hey, by yeah. the way. Packer, Packer girl, girl Clayton, Clayton, Clayton Matthews. Clayton What's Matthews? up with that? Yeah, they're going with Romo, they're pretty excited. Huh? Uh, I was in Denver, did the Bronco-Dolphin game, guys, and C.J. Anderson looked like the best back. I know Ronnie Hillman had a good run there with the Broncos, but boy, was C.J. Anderson the difference in this game. He ran the ball. 27 times. The Broncos move more yards on first down than any other team. Six and a half. And how about this? They ran the ball on that 22-0 run in the second half. Six of their seven drives on first down because C.J. Anderson was getting them chunk yardage. He is a big-time player moving forward. If you need to get into the playoffs or in the playoffs, they really lean on him to protect Peyton. Keep him up right there in the backfield. Eddie Lacy Fabs. You remember uh, the first couple of weeks of the season and his production wasn't that no, great? No, I don't remember. Don't and I know it well. everyone was freaking out. Don't you have Eddie Lacy on sure one of your fantasy football teams? I sure do, in our fantasy live league. Lately, he you has been Dennis so was, good. You think Dennis was kind of freaking out? He probably was, yeah. but lately, uh, he's been dancing in the streets. What about 11 Donovan? 11-plus fantasy points in seven of his last eight games. Five touchdowns in his last three games, and three of those touchdowns have come as a receiver, so he is not one-dimensional. Eddie Lacy has been well worth that first-round price tag you paid in your draft. I know, Donovan Young is happy right now. And the colder it gets, the better it gets for Eddie Lacy. Uh, Odell Beckham Akbar. I wonder if we're going to see the play. Well, you should see the play because, Trace, in your face, I know you are happy playing playing against uh, having Odell Beckham. But let me tell you something. Odell Beckham, the number one wide receiver because of this. He doesn't have hands. The man has fingers, okay? I mean, to catch the ball the way he did there, I mean, he's averaging 11 targets per game here in the last – Four games here, 44 targets. He's declared himself as the number one wide receiver. It's clear that he's going to continue to get the rock. They can't stop him. I'm looking at some of these DBs, older and younger DBs. He's just too fast off the he's line the of scrimmage. One wide and he gets there open. He gets open right in away. In the whole city of New York. Yes, he is. In the whole we, state uh, of New York. Yes, we mentioned it when we talked about him on the waiver wire, courtesy of our friends uh, in our scouting department, Bucky and Daniel Jeremiah. They said this guy's hands are so strong, he catches everything. And that is a quarterback's best friend, especially in the red zone. One of the reasons why Odell has been such an impact See, player, got, not just for the Giants, but in fantasy. Yeah. That was Game Changers. I can't do Presented that. by Bones. For more now, we throw it over to Adam and Marcus. Thanks, Monty. We're here breaking down the players with the most targets and backfield opportunities from week 12. So let's take a look at who made the list. I don't think Packer Girl 9 is going to make this list, although she made that helps no one yesterday. <laughs> she makes it. She's got a huge test in organic chemistry today, so good luck on that. But here are the players with the most targets over the week. And the one that we stood out, we talked about this earlier, you and I, before we came on, Andre Johnson, 12 targets. Three, three receptions. That's not good. That's not good at all. That's probably not what you that's not the percentage you want. AJ Green, 16 and 12. That's that's more what we're looking for. Julian Edelman, 15 and 11. But let's take a look at Josh Gordon. Was this much of a surprise that he was targeted this much? It was a little bit of a surprise he was targeted this much. 16 times, which is twice as many as the next closest guy on the Browns roster. But he picked up right where he left off last year. You see the eight catches, 
120 yards. He didn't get in the end zone, but still, for a guy who hadn't played all year long, this was a fantastic way to start the season. And obviously, it looks like Brian Hoyer is looking for number 12 in the middle of the field. So if you stashed him, congratulations. If you somehow found him on the waiver wire in the last couple of weeks, congratulations, because it looks <laughs> like he's the guy that we thought he was going to be. And if you play in the DraftKings leagues, you know that it is a PPR. That is their base. I didn't realize that the first two leagues that I've been playing in. But a guy who's been a sneaky play in those type of leagues, Anquan Bolden, because he gets a ton of targets. He gets a ton of targets. He's been the most reliable receiver for Colin Kaepernick in that 49er passing game in recent weeks. And it's something about the Niners. We tried to bury Frank Gore in past years. Mm -hmm. He came back to be productive. We tried to bury Anquan Bolden the last couple of years. Right now, he is the top target in San Francisco, and he's a guy that at least deserves a flex option for you the rest of the way. This might be a tough matchup this week against Seattle, but the way San Francisco's passing game is going, he's the guy that you can kind of count on. And he's got the brawn. He does have the brawn. brawn. You've got the brains. Ah, so we can make lots of money with these backfield opportunities. C.J. Anderson, 27 rushing attempts to lead everybody because he had those four pass targets. Tougher matchup this week against Kansas City. Of course, Matt Forte is a regular on this list. Rashad Jennings was trusted an awful lot, even though he surrendered a rushing touchdown to Williams earlier in the game. Of course, the guys just talked about Eddie Lacy. But Freddie Morris on the list. Okay, the one pass target notwithstanding, a lot of attempts for him. It was great to see him. He was a guy who's been running the football well. He's been the bright spot in the Washington offense that has otherwise been dismal this year. And you see the breakout, 125 yards and a touchdown against the 49ers, no less. First game with more than 100 rushing yards in more than a calendar year. Let's just hope Jay Gruden keeps feeding him the ball because, like I said, he's the only thing going right for Washington. Yes, get him into the end zone. It's the spirit, it's the spirit of giving right now. <laughs> the right? Holidays. We're, we're getting close enough. All right. Uh, try to break down this mess in Tampa Bay. What's going on there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't think the Buccaneers know. That's the problem right now. All of a sudden, Doug Martin comes out of nowhere to get 12 touches, 11 carries. Charles Sims has eight touches on Sunday. Bobby Rainey gets one. Just stay away altogether. If you haven't given up on them, it's past time to give up on the box. And the column is called Fantasy Breakdown to get more in-depth in these targets and touches and all sorts of opportunities to get you ready for week 13. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Appreciate it. All right, coming up, we've got a full fantasy recap from the Bills Jets Monday Nighter. See who lit up the scoreboard and who caught our eye at Ford Field in Detroit. And don't let your fantasy season slip away. Our list of waiver wire targets is sure to jolt your squad back to life just in time for the playoffs. This is NFL Fantasy Live. Thursday night football returns in two weeks. Romo and the Cowboys take on the Bears as two of the NFL's greatest franchises meet in primetime. Thursday night football returns Thursday, December 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern, live on NFL Network. Gentlemen, it is time now for some waiver wire targets as we welcome you back to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose. Matt Money-Smith here with Adam Rank, Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant, all the guys. And uh, the playoff push is here, and we talk about our top waiver wire targets, that one last ad that may be the difference of you getting into the postseason or being excluded from the festivities. Fabs, kick it off for us. Let's talk about LeGarrette Blunt, right, a guy who was dropped by the Pittsburgh Steelers Picked right back up by the Patriots, who, oh, by the way, he led in fantasy points among running backs last season. And he goes in and has 78 yards, two touchdowns, and almost 20 fantasy points against Detroit, of all teams, who have one of the better run defenses in the National Football League. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, 
I have figured out the Bill Belichick backfield because it's impossible. Who knows? Maybe Jonas Gray goes off against the Green Bay Packers. But at this point, LaGarrette, he's definitely worth at least a roster spot on your fantasy football team. Adam Rank, you're going to the running back situation in Denver for your waiver wire target. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jawan Thompson because if you have C.J. Anderson, you can pretty much count on him week in and week out. But unfortunately, he's not available on your waiver wire. So go out and pick up Thompson as either a backup to your already on your roster C.J. Or if you're looking to be a little bit of a snake and you have a little extra bit of a roster spot on your team, go ahead and pick up Thompson because there is a chance he ends up getting into the mix there because as we've seen in Denver this season, three different running backs have made uh, big contributions for this team. So Thompson... I'm not saying you start him each and every week, but again, you're just holding on right now. It was a cornucopia of points out there in Denver. You're going to the other sideline for your waiver pickup, Marcus. I am going to Jarvis Landry, who's really started to pick things up recently. He's a guy who's seeing a whole lot of opportunities. He's had double-digit targets in two of his last three games. Brian Tannehill's playing some really good football right now, and with teams trying to lock down on Mike Wallace, that's left a lot of single coverage for Jarvis Landry. Apparently, Odell Beckham's not the only LSU receiver who can do big things right now. Uh, Fabs, back to the running back position, and the he only had four carries last week, but yeah. he made him count. Two big touchdowns, believe it or not. Kansas City had not allowed a rushing touchdown before this game, and Latavius Murray broke them like they were Swiss cheese money. Big game in only four carries. He had the concussion, so keep tabs on his status throughout this week. But why would the Raiders not go with him? You've got Darren McFadden. You've got Maurice Jones-Drew. They're both past their prime. Play Murray now. See if he can be your running back of the future. Uh, rank to the quarterback position and the uh, the bearded one. Yeah, I'm going to go look at Zach Mettenberg. I was trying to get uh, Ryan Tannehill a little bit earlier this week, but he wasn't available. So I looked for Mettenberger because he's getting his opportunities to throw the ball. And it's really twofold. It's one, the Titans are trailing in a lot of games, so they're going to have to throw the ball to try to get back into those games. And plus, Ken Wisenhunt wants to see what he has in this quarterback. He's in evaluation mode right now because there's going to be a lot of big-name quarterbacks coming into the draft next season. I'm thinking of Hunley right now, Mariota, some of those other guys. So the Titans need to decide what they have in Nettenberger and whether they're going to address the quarterback position in the draft or not. So that means he's going to get a lot of opportunities to go out and throw the ball. Now Charles Johnson's on the screen. Marcus uh, had himself a game against the Packers. He has. He's had a couple of nice games in back-to-back weeks, and we've spent all these weeks waiting for Cordero Patterson to break out. And it's to the point now that the Vikings aren't even really trying to focus on getting the ball to Patterson. Instead, Johnson's been the guy that seems to have found some sort of connection with Teddy Bridgewater. And the Viking passing game is so inconsistent. But you're looking at the guy who's had eight more targets than any other receiver over the past couple of weeks. Opportunity breeds potential success. And right now, Johnson's getting those opportunities. Well, uh, Marcus, you and Rank alluded to him earlier in the segment. I'll go with Ryan Tannehill. I was in Denver calling this game. And you see this play right here. When the Dolphins were putting it on the Broncos and led by 11, they were doing a lot of read option with Tannehill. And, La- and Lamar Miller, and when they got away from it is when they found themselves uh, getting 22 unanswered, scored against them. So along with his finding Jarvis Landry, the rookie wide receiver, along and even, look, no Charles Clay in that game, and yet he still had Deion Sims as a viable tight end target. He was spreading it around. But those legs, I mean, using those legs to score that touchdown, a big difference for Ryan Tannehill and a great matchup this week against the Jets. So if he's available in your league, pick him up and start him. All right, uh, Fabs, let's get to your top 10 waiver wire targets. Get a look at him here. Isaiah Crowell, understandable. The Browns run the ball an awful lot. And how about Crowell taking that gig from Terrence West as the number one 
Running back, the other running back you talked about, Latavius Murray. Some of the names we didn't. Jordan Matthews continues to be a big target for Mark Sanchez. Uh, see the top ten there. And, of course, get all of them at NFL.com, courtesy of the Hoff, Michael Fabiano. If you want more of our top waiver wire targets, you can also visit NFL.com slash now to download the app for free. We'll dish out additional players exclusively for our NFL Now viewers. And when NFL Fantasy Live returns, can you trust these RBs in the postseason? We'll tell you which running backs' fantasy playoff schedules should have you worried right after this. Still come on NFL Fantasy Live. The Bills mowed down the Jets in Motown Monday night. We've got all the highlights and analysis from the AFC East showdown. Plus, we'll reveal the running backs with the toughest fantasy playoff schedules. Find out which top RBs have a rough road ahead and what it means for your rosters. And week 13 is here, so it's playoffs or bust. One of our deep waiver wire targets may just be your last chance for a postseason push. NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Money here with Akbar and the Hoff, Michael Fabiano. Jets and Bills game, gentlemen, was moved to Monday night in Detroit, Detroit, due to the weather in Buffalo. So let's get to the highlights. Well, At least for one team, exactly. Here we go. Monday night, New York Jets, Buffalo Bills in Detroit. Mike Vick v. Kyle Orton, two backups that are, well, now starters. First quarter, Bills, third and goal, Orton two. Robert Woods, looking good. seven-yard touchdown. Hey, USC might have played horrible, but at least one of their receivers played well. Bills go up 7-0, end of the second, third and two on the 30. Guess who Kyle Orton's looking for? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, no, Beckham is not the only man oh, with a good catch. Also a little catch. David Tyree in there because he pressed it against his helmet. So, uh, Tell me something about the state of New York. That's Woods, 17.8 fantasy points. Later on the drive, second and goal. Orton, this one got me. Scott Chandler. Four touchdowns in his last five games against the Jets yeah. now. Orton picks up 4.76 fantasy points. Chandler gains almost eight. Uh-oh. Yes, from bad to worse. Anthony Dixon blocks the kick. Manny Lawson recovers the touchdown. Bills up 24-3. Let's put it away. Fred Jackson, there you go. That's why you started him. Punches it in from five yards out. Ten and a half points. Bills in a Get a look at your fantasy leaders here. I'm going to say just kind of focus on the right side of the screen there. Kyle Orton, viable fantasy option for this past week at 18.2 points. Fred Jackson, obviously it was a late touchdown, but hey, it still counts. Ten and a half points. And, of course, you see... Sammy Watkins, he, uh, Robert yeah, Woods, the uh, big producing wide receiver. So let's start on the Bills' side of the ball. We may just stay there. Robert Woods <laughs> had the best game of his young career, put up just over 17 fantasy points. We've been talking waiver wire all day. We'll continue to talk waiver wire. Would you take a flyer on him? No, no. I, I would not. It's not because of the USC thing either. Okay. It's because if you look at his numbers, he's been really unreliable for the most part. Had a huge game this week, no doubt. But it was his first game with double-digit fantasy points since week eight. And they've got to play the Browns upcoming. So, And then on top of that, they've got the Broncos. They've got the Green Bay Packers. They've got the Patriots. They have the, the Raiders sprinkled in there. He may have just, another big game. But I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't mess with I don't now. trust him in the fantasy postseason, now especially trying to get yeah. in, though. Outdoors, in Buffalo. Not still, you it. got the weather. Sammy Watkins, uh, this is more pressing. I don't know a lot of people that might take that flyer on Woods. But Sammy Watkins owned in uh, pretty much 100% of the leagues. And uh, he had a third straight game with less than four fantasy points. If it's playoffs or bust against the Browns, outdoors in Buffalo, are you starting Sammy Watkins He will not be in my top 20 wide receivers this week because there's the potential that he faces Joe Hayden. 
and that is a very daunting task for any wide receiver in the National Football League. It's This is the biggest disappointment, though, because this looked like a great matchup. He was now indoors on the fast track in Detroit. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. It didn't yep. happen. I think that you're going to see a lot of defenses start to take Sammy Watkins. Not start to. They're taking Sammy Watkins away, so that's why you're going to see Robert Woods. He'll probably have an opportunity, but I don't trust that because of the matchups. I don't think you play any of these wide receivers. Well, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned defenses, Akbar. How about the Bills' defense? Uh, they 22 points this yeah. week. What about the Bills' defense outdoors in Buffalo going up against Brian Hoyer and the Cleveland Browns? Well, it's their home, so they, you know that they can for sure you know, play in that type of temperature. They can play in that type of environment. They love it. They're going to continue to get after the quarterback. What makes this defense so good is their ability to apply pressure to the quarterback. We saw Michael Vick and Geno Smith get sacked how many times in this game? Seven. I mean, I mean, it, it was impressive Brutal. to watch the way they just manhandled that front seven. It's the front seven that's created that, and then on top of that, what happens when you get to the quarterback that many times? Interceptions start right. to happen. So you'll see this defense. This defense, you can play in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And no look, doubt. Brian Hoyer, uh, he has been a little careless with the football. He does have Jordan, uh, Josh Gordon back, but still, I'm with you. I think that's an absolute top 10 defense this week. They have double-digit fantasy yeah. points in four of their last five games. That is consistent. Don't be afraid to play them against the Denver Broncos either. There we go. Ooh, ooh, On ooh, the ooh. other side of the ball, Percy Harvin finished with just one reception for two yards on five targets. Are you willing to start Percy Harvin next week against the Dolphins on Monday night? You're going to take this one? Let, let me answer this for you. Hell to the no. Okay. Hell to the no. Percy Harvin's uh, done. That works. I think uh, you put it succinctly. Yes. Very laconic of you, Akbar. Uh, I do I don't appreciate even know that. What that word means. I, I will agree. Yeah. For more. Uh, no. What he said. What he said. For more, we throw it over to Marcus oh, and Adam. Sorry. Thank you. Money the Fantasy Playoffs do start in just a couple of weeks. So we had our cracked team of researchers look through the schedule. They calculated which running backs have the toughest matchups looming. So, Rank, we'll take a look at some of these numbers. You see the guys with the toughest playoff schedules. And right there at the top of that list, Andre Ellington. You see the Eagles duo of LaShawn McCoy, Darren Sproles. Go all the way down, Rashad Jennings at the bottom of that list. So, we're going to start with some guys, however, that we are not worried about, right? Right. You like Trey Mason, regardless of the state. I am undaunted, and if I'm going to sit here and advocate a member of the St. Louis Football Club, you know that I am serious. And the one thing I really like about Mason is his bulk rate, is that he's getting a lot of opportunities to run the ball, and even against a so-so matchup against San Diego on Sunday, he was pretty good. He wasn't amazing, but he was pretty good. And you look at some of the matchups, the one reason that he's on that list of unfavorable matchups is he's got the Cardinals sandwiched in there, but he's going up against the Raiders this week, which is a great matchup for him. And there's some other games where I will still trust him just because he's going to get the ball a lot. There's not a lot of guys that you can trust week in and week out, but he'll be fine. Absolutely. I, one guy that I do trust is LaShawn McCoy, and I know he has frustrated a lot of people. He has not performed like a guy who was the number one overall pick in a lot of leagues. But look, this is where the Eagles need to rely on Shady. If they are going to make a push for the division title for the playoffs, they're going to need him to be productive. And his yardage totals have been okay. He just hadn't been getting in the end zone a whole lot. He was able to find the end zone recently against the Tennessee Titans. That makes for potentially some, some good things come in the future, and I think you'll start to see a lot more production. Chill out, people, as I, what, as what I think you want to say. Exactly. Chillax, yeah. Chillax, everybody. So, 
We will now flip it around to guys that we are a little bit concerned about. And, Rank, it starts with the guy you have. I know you've been kind of iffy on him all year. Marshawn Lynch. Why why do I not just, you know, keep chasing this bad idea over and over (laughs) again? Because I didn't like Marshawn Lynch to begin begin the season. And I'm getting worried as as the weeks continue to grow. Because every time you look at the injury report, we sit here and we do the news. It's like, oh, Marshawn Lynch didn't practice. He's got a calf injury. He's got a back injury. He went out of the game last week against the Cardinals with a back injury, although he was able to return. And at some point, I just know that if you've been riding him the whole year, week 15, you're counting on him during the playoffs, you'll start him, and then you're like, oh, my goodness, what happened to him? He'll disappear. He's, he's banged up. They've really got to they ease his workload. they got to mix in Christian Michael. they got to mix in Bobby Turbin. they got to do a lot of different things to get some other people involved in this game because if they continue to rely on him, it's not going to work out for him this year. I mean, that is if they want to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? That's pretty, no? pretty yeah. I'm just saying, what about Dre Ellington? Uh, we're going to talk about Dre Ellington here because he has the most difficult schedule based on fantasy points allowed over the playoff run. You see that the one touchdown in the last three games. There are a lot of questions in this Cardinals offense right now. Drew Stanton had a bit of a shaky outing last week against the Seahawks. And now I think teams are going to start to really force the Cardinals to try and beat them with the passing game, which means Ellington's going to find fewer running lanes to deal with. And he does have a very, as I mentioned, difficult schedule down the stretch. Not something I'm very, very confident about. So diplomatic of you. Bit of a... All right, nice. (laughs) Anyway, if you are worried about your running back's playoff schedule, why not make a play for one of these waiver wire RBs? We dish out a brand new batch of deep waiver targets next. But first, is Philip Rivers no longer a must-start quarterback? Find out which guys our experts say they'd start over the Chargers QB in Week 13 when NFL Fantasy Live returns. Time now for some burning questions. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, presented by Bose Money here with Akbar Fabs and Marcus. Philip Rivers uh, has struggled, I mean, mightily the last few weeks. Here is a look at those numbers. You see weeks one through eight, great, viable fantasy option. You got him in the ninth or tenth round. You're feeling great, 21 points per game. And here we are sniffing the playoffs, and he's giving you eight points for contest. So, not for contest, but for contest. That's what we're saying. First burning question. Which mid-tier quarterback, and this could be win or in in many situations out there for our viewers, which mid-tier quarterback would you bench Phillip Rivers for in Week 13, Fabs? I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Mark Sanchez. Feels good, don't it? No, it doesn't because (laughs) I don't like Sanchez as a fantasy quarterback at all. In his last two games, he has scored fewer than 14 fantasy points. But this is a great matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. They've given up 20-plus fantasy points to the last three quarterbacks they faced in Dallas. And I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Hopefully the Cowboys win. Yes, that's me being a homer. But I, I kind of like Sanchez this week. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I do. Uh, Marcus, I think uh, you're very comfortable. And you are believing what you're saying when you go with Ryan Tannehill because he's got a great matchup and he's been great lately. You sound like you don't believe what I'm saying. Absolutely <laughs> do. He does. He's, been yeah, fant- about it. he's been fantastic lately. And he's one of the guys we don't talk about, but he's a name who's creeping into the top ten among fantasy quarterbacks this year. And he's playing really, really well. I mean, you see the numbers there, two or more pass touchdowns in three of his last four games. But that what you see right there, him running the football, maybe what puts him over the edge. And, you know, we've started to talk about it maybe a little bit, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, Money. I mean, this is a guy who is a converted wide receiver in his days at Texas A&M. So his ability to get out of the pocket, not only to run the football, to at least extend plays and find open receivers, 
and the emergence of Jarvis Landry lately has made Tannehill a guy that I think is worth putting in your lineup. And I love guys that are pushing for the playoffs, too. I mean, the fact that, that was a big game for them, a big loss. They have to win out in order to probably get in. Well, yeah, I don't know if 10-6 and six is going to get you in. So you're talking about a team that's got to win, and we'll see whether or not Dalton has that makeup. Somebody that has been into the playoffs repeatedly since he came into this league, Akbar, you're going Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm going Andy Dalton, and he's probably not, just like you, Fabs. I mean, Andy Dalton's probably not one of my favorable guys, a guy that I like to play and stick with. But when you look at this matchup going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this seems like a very, I mean, good matchup for Andy Dalton to beat those numbers of a Phillip Rivers. And think about this run game that they have going now. Giovanni Bernard is back. You get Jeremy Hill. Those two guys are running well. That only opens things up for guys like Mohamed Sanu and A.J. Green. So you know that likely, the likelihood of them having a, them having a great game is high. So I, I'm going to go with Andy Dalton here. All right, and as low as those points are, 11.92, <laughs> Rivers is averaging eight. So, hey, it's still a net gain of four <laughs> if you go with Andy Dalton. All right, next burning question. Which which uh, QB do you trust more on Thanksgiving Day? Jay Cutler, Matthew Stafford, or Colin Kaepernick? I've got to go with Stafford here. Uh, I've got Cutler in one of my leagues. I'm benching him this week, maybe for Mark Sanchez. I, I still can't believe I'm doing that. But Stafford, despite the fact that he's been so unreliable this year, has been pretty good historically against the Bears. The Bears have allowed an average of over 21 fantasy points per game to home quarterbacks this year. And the Bears' defense has just been awful this season. So, I'm going Stafford at home on Turkey Day. Yeah, no, I'm following you on that one, too. And look, the thing is, the last two weeks, Stafford has gone without throwing a touchdown pass, which is kind of unfathomable when you think about how that Lions offense works. They need him to throw the ball effectively in order to win the football game. I think they're going to start to get Calvin Johnson more involved. I think Stafford kind of bounces back. Uh, You see Colin Kaepernick there on the bottom under Marcus, but that is your guy, Akbar. Yeah, it is my guy. And the reason why I'm going to go with him, there's no stat or anything that's going to suggest that you should trust Colin Kaepernick. But I believe in Colin Kaepernick going up against this game. Right now, where are the 49ers situated in this this conference, in this division? They're third in the division. They're fighting right now. They're fighting for their life. Early in the year, we thought that this was going to belong to the San Francisco 49ers. And now that they're behind, they have this fighting mentality. This is going to be the first time in Colin Kaepernick's career that he's fighting right now to get that push. So what am I saying here? That he's going to fight against the Seahawks in this game at home in their new stadium. I believe Colin Kaepernick is going to ball out to show up not only the other quarterback in Russell Wilson, but to prove to his team that he can carry the load. Well, and to prove to his head coach that he is, in fact, Great. With a capital yeah, great. great. Yeah, that's, that's, great. That's a big That's a big uh, You're kind of going with gut. I'm going with gut a little bit here, but I'm also going with what I'm reading from the Bears in the papers and how it feels like they may have gotten over a hump. They do have a favorable schedule to close the season. The Lions were in control of this division. It now belongs to the Packers. The Lions have struggled a little bit, and it's just hard to ignore the weapons that Jay Cutler has at his disposal. The offensive line is protecting him a lot better. Matt Forte had his big game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the other thing I have, why I would go with Jay Cutler, is that Bears defense, specifically the front four, has been so much more aggressive their last couple games, and they're putting him in position to have red zone targets available. Again, I know you see the 7.2 points, the one pass TD or fewer in six of seven games against the Lions indoors on that fast track. With Brandon Marshall, with Alshon Jeffrey, with Matt Forte, i got to believe Cutler's going to be all right. Let's move on to the Patriots running backs. Here is a look at New England's top-scoring running backs their last five games for our burning questions. Uh, you see LeGarrette Blunt just signed from the Steelers, and, well, he delivered almost 20 points in that game 
against Detroit. Jonas Gray, remember that fourth touchdown game yeah. when you told everybody fans to deal him yeah. immediately? Yes. Uh, so here we go. The next burning question, which Patriots running back do you trust most going forward? None of the above. I honestly don't you trust won't start any, any of these guys. Really? No, I won't because when Bill Belichick zigs, we zag and vice versa. We never know what he's going to do. And, okay, LeGarrette Blunt put him out there against a, a pretty good matchup against the Green Bay Packers, hoping that he gets into the end zone. But have we ever really correctly predicted what's going on in that backfield? Except for last week, we all said, stay away from Jonas Gray because he's not going to do anything. Yep. And he did nothing. Well, let me take it to the next I just can't though. trust let, any of these guys. Let me guys. take it to the next one because I said play LeGarrette Blunt. And I said play LeGarrette Blunt because I know his pedigree. I know the type of running back that Bill Belichick likes. But you don't play and Jonas Gray. You don't play okay. Jonas Gray, so but we got you do play LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt is a big body guy that they can use in those goal line situations. But on top of that, he can carry the ball from 20 yards to 20 yards as well. So I think he knows the system. He's in place. Bill Belichick knows how to keep him in place. He's not going to go off and do some of this crazy stuff that maybe that he did with the Steelers. But he's the running back to trust here, no doubt about and it. And I would submit, and Fabs, you're usually the person that does this part of the conversation. If you're in a PPR league, League, you can play Shane Barrington. Yes. I mean, you are oh, still no plenty comfortable. That is no a question. safe play. That is a no-brainer. Uh, so, you know, if you're in that style of, of mm-hmm. league, that's fine. Right now, that I think Jonas Gray is on the outside Certainly. looking that's in. That's the last guy. Yeah, but he is. That's Le- right now. LeGarrette Blunt, 15 points this week. Wow. 15 points, 15 points. against the Packers. Wow. 15 points. I, did I stutter? Frozen Tundra. <laughs> Team of Lambeau Field. LeGarrette Blunt just came over from playing from the Pittsburgh City. You don't yeah. think he knows what cold is? He was there in New England before. I don't know. I don't he talk to him. You're the guy cold. with the text numbers you, of all these people. Maybe you the know guy what with the working alarm clock. That's if week 13 <laughs> is make or break time for your fantasy season, you can't afford to miss our list of deep waiver wire targets. Find out who we say will lead you to the promised land when we return. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Money here with all the dudes, and we're going deep, as in diving deep on the waiver wire to find you some gems before your friends get to them first. Fabs, kick it off deep, deep, deep waiver wire. Uh, We're going deep. We're going James Jones of the Oakland Raiders because the Rams have allowed more fantasy points to road-wide receivers than any team in the National Football League. You know what that means? At home, they gave up a lot of points to wideouts. And Derek Carr, he's got a little bit of a gun on uh, over there. He's got a very good right arm. So, I like James Jones as a deep sleeper this week. Rank, you're going uh, boom. Yeah, I just implored former Angels pitcher Dan Heron to go pick up Dan Heron for his football team because he looked like the top back for the Indianapolis Colts. And even though he didn't get the touchdown, he was the guy who looked really yeah. explosive for that team. He is going to be the guy getting most of the carries. Well, you're, coming you're off still the going bye. with the beef. Yeah, look, still going. Come, coming off the bye, Marcus Wheaton, I think they're going to be great. They're playing at home. We look at what he's done production-wise at home. has been very good. Of course, the, the development of Martavis Bryant and, and Antonio Smith doing their thing. Martavis Bryant, deep, deep waiver wire pick. Marcus? I'm going Lewis Murphy. We started with a current Raider. I'm going with a former Raider, and his teams look to lock down on Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. That means that third option, Lewis Murphy, could be open. Had a nice game last week. Chance for him to follow it up this week. Uh, I will just add, I guess, Tavon Austin, because uh, we saw him get involved in that uh, attack against the Chargers, and why not keep it going against the Raiders on that fast track, get Tavon some work at the end of the season. All right, deep waiver targets there, and that's going to do it for us today. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for all of Fabs' top starts and sits for Week 13. We'll see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.